Hello, Disney fans. I'm your host, Stephanie, for the classic animated Disney branch of Standard Definition. We all know that we can't have a nostalgia podcast with, with I can't even talk right now, so much for my hype level, without recording episodes covering the classic Disney hand-drawn animated movies. These Disney movies will be reviewed in release order, starting from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs all the way up to The Princess and the Frog in 2009. I'm joined by my awesome fellow co-host, Corey Derrick. That's me. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> here and present, and Mark Pereira. Hello. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to get right to business tonight with housekeeping again this is standard definition the retro nostalgia podcast here on the boss rush network where each ow my cat's hurting me each and every sunday we come together with our friends around the internet to talk about games movies shows and other topics that make us nostalgic you can support us and give um get the show show two weeks early i believe by heading over to our patreon patreon.com slash boss rush network or subscribe on free feeds if you listen on apple Podcasts or spotify please leave us a five-star review we'd really appreciate it because it helps um with searchability uh you can also catch all our content on the youtube channel and on bossrush.net bam how's that nailed it except i forgot the merch store the merch store is now open click on the store tab of our website to buy a variety of items with our show logos including standard def and the various iterations like the marvel universe and disney and maybe indiana jones question mark soon yes well it should be up by the time this posts should be cool so yeah, check it out. It's got a lot of cool stuff. I already bought a couple sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts. Um, anyway, tonight we will be discussing Dumbo. Um, hold on one second. Do you, um, maybe you guys can give your backgrounds about like when you first watched Dumbo? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my first introduction to Dumbo really was Disney World to be honest with you. I mean, uh-huh. it's the iconic ride, you know, just just goes in circles. Use a lever, goes up and down. Dumbo flies, you know, and then you're like, "Oh, well, why is this elephant flying?" you know, and then obviously uh the big puffy VHS tape boxes, right? I mean, my mom worked for Disney for a while, so like every time a new one would come out, she would bring it home and, you know, we'd bring it and put it in the puffy case stack. And uh, yeah. Dumbo is one of the ones that I don't really remember all that well when I was watching it. You know, like I was like, OK, yeah, Dumbo flies, you know, his his, you know, his mom is a traditional Disney mom who something terrible happens. Right. Not necessarily right. death, but something terrible happens. You know, Dumbo's got huge ears. And I remember him getting made fun of for having big ears and Timothy Mouse, you know, being the kind of the ringleader. But like overall, like I just I just do not remember Dumbo. Like I just mm. ne- I didn't remember any of it. Like I mean, once I started watching it, like the train, like the the train song at the beginning was like mm-hmm. I remember that song, but I didn't know like it's weird because like I remember this movie, but I remember parts of the movie outside of the movie. Right. Like the the train song was like a song that they used to play on the train at Disney World when it would go around the Magic Kingdom. Right. And it's like and like uh, that's right. Timothy Mouse was standing on top of the Dumbo ride. So like that 
and then obviously the whole thing now over at Disney World, like they just redid Fantasyland and it's all like the big circus themed and it's all kind of Dumbo and Mickey Mouse themed. But like other than that, I didn't remember a lot of this movie. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny how much because I feel the same way. Well, I, I didn't love Dumbo growing up. Um, I think like most kids, I was traumatized by a few scenes in this movie. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I, I felt the same way about Snow White. I felt the same way about Pinocchio. There are some things that are just so cemented in my brain about those movies mm-hmm. that when you rewatch them, they're not a huge part of the movie. Like for Pinocchio, because I think we'll talk. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about Dumbo later this episode. But like for Pinocchio, for example, I thought. Like in my head, I think Pinocchio, I think he lies and his nose grows. And that happens once mm-hmm. or twice, maybe mm-hmm. in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just these things that get so like ingrained in my memory. Um, and so I, um, I was surprised with Dumbo that I just, there were so many things that I thought Dumbo was about that it really wasn't about at all, but they just were so cemented in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, but, yeah. um, I, I, sorry to cut you, cut you off. I want to no. be able to maximize the time um, we have with you. I didn't mention earlier, uh, Mark has to just pop off a little earlier. Um, did you have a chance to watch the live action adaptation? I did. I did. Yeah. So, so I watched the live action one um, just just for fun. I, I mean, well, for fun is a strong word because it wasn't fun to watch. But um, oh. because I, I wanted to kind of as we're going through this, you know, if there's a live action, I want to watch it to see what it what it adds to the legacy of the character in the, in the movie. Right. Or if there's, you know, a TV show or something. Um, and so what's so weird about the movie is that, you know, it was directed by Tim Burton stars Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton, like a reunion for the three of them from Batman Returns. Danny DeVito is a great, I mean, great is a strong word, but like he's a well-loved actor. Michael Keaton is a fantastic actor. Tim Burton is a loved director. It was so boring. And the choices that were made, did did either of y'all watch the live action movie? Uh -uh. I did not. The choices that were made in that movie were so bizarre it's like the 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 plot i mean obviously they expanded on the plot uh because dumbo is like an hour and dumbo mm. animated is an hour dumbo live action is like two so oh they my expanded gosh. on the plot and and they made humans the key character i mean dumbo was a key character but um animals don't talk in the movie and so they they added a plot about some kids whose mother died obviously because it's a disney movie um but it just was like the acting was terrible. Everyone felt bored and like they were just phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was, it was not a great movie. There were a few um, nice nods to the animated film, the uh, pink elephants on parade uh, before Dumbo goes out uh, for his like big performance. It, it's established very early on in the live action movie that Dumbo can fly. So when he goes out to his big performance right before then the act before that is this act uh with um these like dancers and they have these big bubble wands and then the bubble wands turn into pink elephants and it's very short, but it was like a nice little nod to that. Um 
And then there's a line where, like, you know, Dubbo accidentally gets drunk in the animated movie. Mm. Um, and so there's a line where one of the clowns in the live action movie is like, you know, hey, let's have some champagne, Dumbo, some champagne for Dumbo. And Danny DeVito's like, no alcohol for the kids or something like that. Um, Interesting. That's funny. So, I mean, they, they it just was a terrible movie. And, like, t- Tim Burton even phoned it in. Like, there was no – Tim Burton is known for his, like – dark whimsy and his like you know really tragic characters which i think dumbo is a tragic character but like the other it just was it just was not good yeah but you see that you see like tim burton's directing style especially with like the recent disney stuff like my favorite era of tim burton and i know a lot of people really like uh batman 89 but like when I think of Tim Burton, I think of Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach and Coraline, right? Like the, that's mm-hmm. the era of Tim Burton that I, I think of. And then when I think of like recent Tim Burton, it's just kind of like disappointing a little bit, I would say, in in a sense, sure. or just like maybe as a human being, I have outgrown the Tim Burton style, right? <laughs> because like. I, I really liked Nightmare and Coraline and James and the Giant Peach, but I don't really like like Edward Scissorhands, for example. Is like I yeah. don't like that movie. Uh, so like when, when Alice in Wonderland, which was like one of the more recent ones, right? That he he directed the first one. It was like mm-hmm. this movie's just weird. I feel like they're it's just weird because it's Tim Burton and they have to be weird because it's Tim Burton, right? Right. And don't get me wrong, Tim Burton's directed some great movies that are, like, not weird at all, you know? Right. But, like, when it comes to these movies, it's, like, I don't know. Like, And, like, Alice in Wonderland is, like, the perfect story for Tim Burton to direct. And I I could not get it. I, couldn't, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Yeah, but, I mean, even... Um even Alice in Wonderland has his, like, you know, I agree. I, d- I didn't love Alice in Wonderland, the live action, but it has his, like, his his knack for visual flair. Mm-hmm. And there's you can feel that he's trying to do something. He's trying to do Tim Burton stuff, right? But you can feel he's invested in it, and you can feel he's he's trying to say something creatively. And with Dumbo, it was just, like, there. It mm-hmm. just wasn't... I don't know. It, it just didn't feel as, as cause I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan either, mm-hmm. but it, but I can at least respect that he's got a style and a kind of, he's got an eye for things. And this just was, it just, what was the point of making the movie? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. I'll save y'all from watching the live action one. Cause it was terrible. Oh, it's disappointing yeah. though. I mean, when, you know, I remember recalling seeing the trailers, I'm like, Oh, this looks like it could be good. But deep down I'm like, no, I'm upset. Yeah. Um, I think I think the last I think the last Tim Burton movie I actually really enjoyed was uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I don't know if you guys watched that at all. It's kind of like a mix, it's like a mix between like Harry Potter and X Men, but in like this really whimsical fantasy world. Um, it's on Hulu if you guys want to watch it. It's it's yeah. it's interesting. It's not like the best movie, but it was it was one of his better outings of recent memory. So, okay. yeah. cool. Uh, before you um, peace out, Mark, I want you to partake in our Disney trivia. So tonight is 
the voice actor for Mr. Stork, who had a very brief appearance in the movie. He was in the beginning delivering Dumbo Jr. He also voiced... Oh, whoops. Okay. Um, the... <laughs> Sorry. The voice actor for Mr. Stork also voiced which character in another Disney film? A. Winnie the Pooh from the Winnie the Pooh features. B. The Cheshire Cat, Alice in Wonderland. C. Peter Pan. Or D. A and B. I think. I know he voiced Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think. I'm pretty sure. I mean, God, I don't even remember what the Cheshire Cat sounds like. I I would I know he voiced Tick, Winnie the Pooh. Talk, I'm just gonna go Tick, A. Tick tock. Sorry. How about you, Mark? Oh my gosh, there's all these the answer, Skype so bubble sounds like in the recording. I feel like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I mean it's A and B. Ding ding ding, Mark, you got it right. He, along with uh, several other characters um, in his Disney portion of his career, he was Winnie the Pooh as well as the Cheshire Cheshire Cat. And I remember when he was laughing, I'm like, oh my goodness, it sounds just like Mr. Stork when I was watching yeah. the movie. A lot of the cast, like this, the, the cast with this film particularly, went on to do, like, they're like Disney royalty. Like mm-hmm. the um, Dumbo's mom, uh, Jumbo, she's the Queen of Hearts, and she mm-hmm. was in... Um, what else did she do? She was in Aristocats and she was in uh, Lady and the Tramp. And mm-hmm. she, I mean, she, there are so many, a, a lot of these actors like would go on and do the other films. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like, we didn't really see that with Snow White and with Pinocchio. Um, this was kind of the first time that they kind of kept thing. they started to keep things like within the same group of people. Yeah. So, he- Disney Disney definitely found his favorites to work with, right? Like he he definitely yeah. uh like I mean you see that later on too with like uh Jungle Book and mm-hmm. uh Jungle Book and Robin Hood are two like th- the entire cast is the same. The entire right. cast, right? Like it's ju- it's just he he had his favorites and when they worked they worked and then he just fit them in. And Disney's done that for for years. I mean even now um I forget the actor's name, but he was he was the Duke of, of Wesselton in, in Frozen, and then he in uh, Zootopia. He was the he was the the something of Weaseltown, and mm-hmm. he's been um, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's I mean they've used him, and now they're starting to use Bill Heater in a lot of the same. Like they love to use, especially if it's not a primary role, like a lead role. They love to reuse mm-hmm. um, voice actors over and over again. Yeah. You know, one that sticks out in my mind about a reasonable character, I'm trying to find him now, but he is very famously known to be recasted in any Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying John to Ratzenberger. Yeah. The guy that plays ham and ham, yep, that's Mac one and of, cars. I think and One of the movies, they made a little jab at it. Like, Oh, I, I forget, like, just like, let's reuse a, a character or a voice actor from another movie. I, I know I'm butchering it, but I, I swear I saw it in a movie. I'm like, oh, he's making it funny on himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of Cars, like, they oh. did a, they did like a post-credit scene or something, and they're in a drive through theater. And so they, they did car versions of other Pixar movies. So they had, like, Monster Trucks, Inc. Yeah. And... Oh. Um, Toy car story and yeah, toy car story, right? But the, but every scene they showed was a scene that had 
John Ratzenberger in it. And so then that was the joke. Like, yeah. oh, they use the same actor every time. But they've used him, I think, in every film except for, like, Onward mm. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, you know, I, I'm, I honestly don't think I have any strong feeling towards it, but it's, in a sense, it's kind of nice because, it, I don't know, there's a sense of familiarity. And I don't know if yeah. there's ever been a time where I disliked it necessarily. But uh, there, yeah, there you go. It's the trivia. So uh, just, you know, hard facts about Dumbo. It was released in October 23rd, 1941. The live adaptation that apparently is not so great was uh, released in 2019. That's a very stark difference. And um, one of you guys, I think, Mark, it was you that mentioned that it, has a very short runtime. One of the shortest Disney movies at sixty-four minutes. It felt at least three times that long. <laughs> I mean, it felt hours longer. Yeah, yeah. so much longer. Yeah, when I saw it, I was shocked. And finances, yeah. um, we can start seeing because we are reviewing Disney movies in time release order that you know Disney is now picking up with success. Um, its cost at the time was nine hundred fifty thousand, which which cost less than its predecessors, but it grossed roughly more than one point three million dollars in its original release alone. So, and if you look at the year nineteen forty one, you know it still had its issues with the world wars and all that stuff, but somehow Dumbo managed to still be a critically acclaimed success. Um, and quick note, since we are on release date. Um, we were kind of considering um, whether or not we would discuss Fantasia because Fantasia came out between Pinocchio and Dumbo. But because we wanted to stay to our strict definition of, you know, classic animated Disney movie, whereas Fantasia is more like an anthology of musical numbers without dialogue, we figured it wouldn't really kind of fit kind of our structure here however if you are on our patreon and are at that level where you want to provide feedback and you want to see us talk about fantasia or i don't know other sh uh, shorter disney uh, either shows or movies marks i know you might have mentioned your notes like if you guys want us to cover anything else that might fall a little bit out of the mainline releases send them our way yeah let us yeah. know it's uh, let us know. not yeah. opposed to doing it we just we just thought like we would start with the major motion pictures right and like stephanie said like fantasia is a yeah it's a fantastic piece of disney history like the way the music moves with the animation is is second to none to the time period right but like it's not a movie you know it, it's an right. anthology of of musical pieces with great animation to it and you know i we just didn't feel like it was kind of worth putting in the time without feedback if you guys if like if you guys want us to review it we will we'll put it in there but uh it just felt like it didn't fit the structure of the other movies so. exactly so yeah i don't want you guys thinking we were snubbing it or forgot about it fantasia it sucks <laughs> you know um which just as a side note it's one of those those are one of the things that when i i saw when i was younger maybe as a kid, I don't know if it's really a kid-friendly type thing, because a couple of the scenes in Fantasia were nice, like the Mickey Mouse with the, the, the broomsticks that he enchanted to come alive, but then there were some other portions that either terrified or confused me, and I just didn't Yeah, Night on Bald Mountain is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Chernabog yeah. is just yes. he's scary. Also, right? horrifying. <laughs> fun fact real quick about uh, Fantasia, though. 
Do you know what the wizard's name is? Oh, yes. It's Yen Yen-Sid. Sid. Oh. And it's Disney spelled backwards. Yeah. Welcome to Standard Definition, where we talk about Dumbo and Fantasia. <laughs> it's two for one. Two for one tonight. All right. Um, You're getting that dollar's worth tonight, guys. Exactly. See? <laughs> I'm telling you. A dollar goes a long way. Um, Dumbo comes, uh, like I said, critically acclaimed. I, I decided to take a few clips from uh, some articles here. The New York Times stated it's the most genial, most endearing, most, while well, they use most a lot here, completely precious cartoon feature film ever to emerge from the magical brushes of Walt Disney's wonder-working artists. Goodness. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, only three grand motion pictures have come out, so, you know. Uh, Time nice. magazine said, like story and characters, Dumbo's coloring is soft and subdued, free from picture postcard colors and confusing detail, a significant technical advance. <laughs> Sorry, who just wrote this? <laughs> time, but uh, you know this happened in 1941, so it's kind of yes, funny reading wrote. that. All the that... writers must have been at the war, and they just <laughs> hired people off the street to write. It's just funny to read that like significant technological advance here. We're all like, oh, this is hand drawn. Like, where's the CGI? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, but they but they also used like they. I mean, they they had pioneered so much technology for Snow White and for Pinocchio, and then you get to Dumbo, which is happening in the middle of the war. So, so they have no budget to do anything, and so they switch to watercolor backgrounds, like they like and you decrease can tell. the amount of technology they used. To, yeah. You can and tell. that review saying like, oh, technological advancements, and it's like, no, no, they took shortcuts and cut corners. And you um, you can tell this movie looks yeah. bad. Like yeah. this was the first time out of like all these, like I watched a little bit of Fantasia cause I didn't know if we were watching it or not. Right. And like that movie is like the animation in that movie is p- downright perfect. Right. Like every single movement of every single character and like the, the ice skating of the, the fairy on the, on the ice. Mm. Right. And how the ice spreads and makes these like beautiful kind of snowflake style designs. You get the Dumbo man. This movie looks like this looks like this. It should have been the first movie. That came out, right? Yeah. It just it. I was watching. I was like shocked at how bad this movie looked. Like, it, which makes you wonder what what would Dumbo have been like had the war not have happened? Like, obviously, yeah. I think Dumbo was in production before things got bad, and so they had to cut some corners in the middle of production. So I wonder because I don't know. Dumbo just seems like such a small film, and it is in the terms of setting and i mean it takes place in one place right and yeah. and we talked about the leap from snow white to pinocchio was astronomical the leap between the two in terms of scope and setting and characters and animation and all of that and so you you have to wonder what plans did disney have because disney's not one to take a step back you know mm-hmm. and so what what did he have in mind for this movie and what would it have been like you know yeah had things gone differently it's it's definitely this movie was really disappointing to watch after Pinocchio and Snow White. It, it was like, yeah. like it, it it just didn't like the plot was kind of like it felt like it felt like this movie should have been longer because like the first this movie's only a little over an hour long. The first forty minutes are like set up almost, yeah, yeah. like the. Like the stork, like the, the beginning shot of the storks bringing the babies, right? That's that's kind of a neat shot, and then like 
her like Jumbo kind of like waiting for Dumbo to come and he doesn't come right away, right? And then you get the the dumb stork who like gets lost or whatever and drops off Dumbo later. <laughs> but like and that shot where he's like flying through the clouds is a really nicely animated shot, right? Like where uh-huh. like, you can kind of see him through the clouds, but not really. That's a nice shot. But like the humans in this movie look they, like it. My daughter could draw these humans better in color than <laughs> yeah. you know. They they look ridiculous. The it just it just it feels like it was rushed and like. I ca- like when I was watching, I was like, "Man, this feels really rushed." And I didn't even think about the war, to be honest with you. Like, I just—I mean, I, I'm not really sitting around thinking about World War II all the time, guys. So, uh, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but like, I was watching. I was like, "Man, what happened? Like, what happened? Were they working on something other big project, and this was just something that they had to rush out because they needed money? Like, what was this?" Yeah, that would be interesting context to find out. Like. How, how more the, the war kind of in, impacted other lines of business but you know I totally agree um, and actually if we if I look I'm looking at my list now if we were to look at the characters and I'm not saying that to have a good movie you need a wide cast of characters but like my, my list is at really short I mean you got Mr. Stork which was on, who was only there in the beginning and I do like that scene it was probably the most memorable happy scene for me from Dumbo just seeing all the cute yeah. little babies <laughs> and then the one who delivered Dumbo how like Dumbo because he's an elephant like he kept sinking through the clouds right. like mm-hmm. that's adorable humor then you got yeah uh, Mama Dumbo or Jumbo Jumbo Jr. the gossiping elephants Timothy Q Mouse who technically wasn't really mentioned by name except for in the newspaper at the end Ringmaster and the Crows which we'll get to but I'm saying like that's a very the short crows. list oh my god um. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure where to go from here because I just, I I just I mean I'm just gonna say it. This movie is straight up bad. Like for how iconic Dumbo is as a character, this movie is just bad. You know, and and we've watched a whole slew of Disney movies of the last couple months because my daughter's really into them, right? Like anything from <clears throat> Beauty and the Beast to Encanto to which is an amazing movie, by the way. Just I love that movie, uh, you know th- everything in between, right? Like it's just she loves it, and she loves Snow White. Like she loves Snow White, which is crazy to me that you know after mm-hmm. watching something like Encanto, she still wants to go back and watch Snow White, right? Like that's just that just shows you the timelessness of Disney. But like Dumbo is it? It shocks me how iconic this movie is. Yeah, Mark, I forgot if you mentioned um, either in the previous podcast or when we talked, um, did you watch Dumbo with your kids or? Yeah, so I watched the first, I've I've started watching like the first half of these movies with my kids uh, because typically things are are pretty (laughs) kosher in the first half and then it it takes quite the dip. Yeah. uh, but with Dumbo, I kind of, I, I didn't have, I had a good memory of what was happening in Snow White, same thing with Pinocchio, but with Dumbo, I kind of forgot when it starts to take a turn. And so there's the scene where Dumbo kind of, um, he trips over his ears and causes the like big, or no, maybe it's before then. Anyway, where uh, Dumbo's mom starts to freak out and they're like whipping her and like trying to tie her down. Oh yeah. And my daughter, I have, I have four and a half year old twins and uh, boy girl twins. And my daughter was like, are they hurting his mother? And so I was like, and it's bedtime. (laughs) 
Um, so I watched the first 20 or so minutes with them, but then not the rest. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been doing this journey, uh, going on this journey with my son, and he's six. Um, and I, well, first of all, I just felt uncomfortable watching it just on my own <laughs> for many reasons. And then with my son, uh, he, w- I could tell he just was not amused and it like nothing connected. Like he, mm-hmm. I, maybe in, in his eyes, maybe the overall overarching concept or point of Dumbo went over his head. I just mm-hmm. don't feel like a young child can really understand. They're just saying, okay, there's a circus. There's an elephant that has big ears. Oh, he can fly. And the movie's over. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And he only flies in the last five minutes. That's, that's the thing. That's what I was talking about in the beginning. Like with Pinocchio, I thought Pinocchio was all about him lying and having a big nose. Dumbo is about in my head about a flying elephant and he flies in the last five minutes. Dumbo is not about a flying elephant at all. But in my head, that's what it's about. And it, I was so like genuinely shocked because I kept on looking because the movie felt like it was four hours long. And I kept on looking at the clock and being like, he hasn't even flown yet. Like, what? Yeah, like, he doesn't even fly to like the last happening? third of the movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 The beginning part. Yeah. The, the mom. Yeah. Oh, but can I just say when the mom like freaking out over those like peckerhead kids? Mm-hmm. Like, I will say though, I was kind of like, go mom, because if some butthead kid just try to make fun of my kid, I will probably lose my shit. Sorry. Yeah, I had no problem with the mom <laughs> retaliating. Yeah, but it was a pretty intense. I mean, they're like, you know, the whole background's red, and there's dramatic music, and they're oh, like yeah. ripping the mom and cha- throwing chains on her and stuff. Yeah, and so I was definitely. like excessive you don't need to see that oh no not at all and obviously it's very very sad and you know uh the mouse guy comes into the scene did his i don't know if you want to call it an accent or the way he speaks did it annoy you it just that i don't know how like it's almost kind of like a a wise guy tone of voice i don't know how else to explain it but it just like kind of grated on me a little bit i mean yeah I liked it a lot. I, I felt the same way about his voice that I feel about um, Jiminy Crickets. Okay. There's just like a there's like a, a, a tonality to it, and like a I don't know that kind of old fashionedness that I just mm-hmm. really enjoyed listening to. It definitely oh, yeah. has its own personality, right? Like it definitely yeah. feels that way. It also feels like they were trying to make another Jiminy Cricket, you know? Yes. And I mean, clearly, I I don't know how you guys feel, but as someone who grew up around Disney his whole life, like Jiminy Cricket is definitely the more iconic character than Timothy Mouse, you know? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I still like him as a character and the fact that he kind of stood up for Dumbo and scared the elephants, which I thought was also a funny little scene. Like, I do feel like there are nuggets of funniness there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, you know, when he comes up with a, a brilliant plan and what, but when, unfortunately when I, when I got the most uncomfortable or of the many uncomfortable scenes was after Dumbo is a part of the clown portion of the show. Mm -hmm. And then see, it totally went over my head as a kid. What Dumbo drinks ended up being their beer or champagne that got leaked into the water. I was just like, maybe he's sick, but I'm like, Oh snap. He's 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 drunk. drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Which I don't know about any times you guys have been drinking, but that's not the kind of stuff I associate with alcohol. Yeah, that seems like that 
Hmm. Licking a stamp or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, licking a stamp. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Anyway, I know this this isn't exactly the most child-friendly episode. Sorry. But, But in all seriousness, though, Pink Elephants is... I know it's famous. I know it's iconic. But I just did not understand it. And the... I, 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 the colors, I, I, I'm sure they're trying to go for something different, but those eyes, those mm-hmm. eye sockets of those elephants haunt mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I wonder, I, I mean, I'm just speaking out of whatever here, but I wonder if somehow they got some feedback that like the smoking and drinking in Pinocchio was too much for kids and this was their way of scaring them not to do drugs or whatever. Not that I, I know what so life bad. was like in the in the forties, but you know, right. like that that's where my head went when I saw this. I'm like, man, they made it look so fun. And like I like I know Pinocchio turned into a donkey or whatever, but like this really seemed like, oh, we're really gonna scare you now, you know, and it was scary. Like these pink elephants are haunting. I remember having terrible nightmares between yeah. like between the pink elephant and then uh, the heffalumps and woozles from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Always nightmares, and it was always these two things. You know, I will say, because I, I remember being terrified of the Pink Elephants sequence, but watching it now as an adult, I, I started to see some of Disney's later brilliance in in cr- in crafting these musical sequences that are like, like these surreal, like, broadway style productions like mm-hmm. i found a lot of similarities in pink elephants with be our guest oh. or um you know um just can't wait to be king or under the sea or not in terms of the quality of the music obviously those songs are much better than, than pink elephants but in terms of the the production quality and the the way that they built the musical number and there were all these like vignettes of songs and and different styles and and it just um i was really surprised at how early on in the disney canon there is this example of this really big show-stopping musical number that i think that they made some mistakes with i think they went too far in the scary and whatever but Uh but this early on, I really felt connections to Disney's like kind of golden age uh, or what I consider golden age of like the early nineties musicals. Um, and so I, I came away from this loving that musical number as an adult, as a kid, I was horrified. Um, but, but you're so just... cultured, Mark. I know Mark's, well, Mark's, <laughs> We're talking about Disney animated films, so I don't know that culture is the right word. Oh, come on, look at that. For me, I'm like, it's scary. It's like, well, you know, it influences blah 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 Well, I mean, but it is terrifying. Um, And I think that's an interesting thought, Corey, that it's like, hey, listen, the feedback is now too many kids are smoking cigars and and drinking because they think it looks fun, so you need to change that until like let's scare the crap out of them um and that worked because i hated that scene as a kid (laughs) yeah it was uh i mean between that and pinocchio i was like scared to death of all that crap but yeah that's that's me (laughs) um 
did any other character characters um, in this film kind of stick out to you guys? Oh, you mean by, besides the crows? Yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> uh, I well, one of my I mean one of my favorite scenes is actually right at the beginning when with the train, right where he's it's like this really tiny train and he like goes to go and then it shows all the cards go backwards and the caboose rams it forward mm-hmm. right like that scene's really cool like that opening part of that scene is really cool but then like the the train cars and i, I know these aren't characters but like the train is kind of a character right he's kind of like mm-hmm. he yeah. has like a face and emotes and stuff and like but the rest of that scene like the cars just look terribly animated like they were rushed you know mm-hmm. it, they're not even like wobbling correctly they're just like oh, well, this frame looks different, so, you know, the car's moving. And, you know, and and just, like, all that kind of stuff. And the animals in the cars don't look correct. Like, there's a scene there's a scene where the lion is looking through the bars, right? Mm-hmm. And it just looks like it's not properly shaded anywhere the way that, you know, like, Snow White was. Or, because, Mark, remember, you you brought up the fact that, like, instead of paint when they were doing the cells, they actually used makeup for Snow White's face. And like, this was just like, oh, well, we have yellow paint. Lions are yellow. We're going to paint the lion yellow. (laughs) It's it's just like, what is like, I was dumbfounded by how bad this movie was. This reminds me of like the straight to DVD sequels that Disney started putting out in the 90s. Oh, poor Dumbo. Speaking of, they were going to do a Dumbo too. There. Um, that was going to take place a couple years after Dumbo one, but it was going to come out in like 2004 or 2005 or something. But when John Lasseter came in and took over when uh, Disney and Pixar merged, he, ca- he canceled hundreds of straight to DVD sequels. Mm-hmm. Thank Dumbo you. 2, Dumbo two was definitely one of them. Yeah. Cash Bambi two, uh, yeah. Fox and the Hound. Like there are so many bad direct, d- yeah. d- you know, oh. I don't get it. All right, uh. but, but to your to your point, Corey, about how like terrible <laughs> this movie seems, like from an animation perspective, you, you have to think that like I mean, obviously because of the war, but I feel like there was a decision that was made mm-hmm. where it was like, if we don't put out a film, Disney will no longer exist. Like we can't sit this time period out. Yeah, we'll lose so much money. So we have to put something out even though we know it's not the quality that it's going to be. And so, and I think that that's what, I mean, they also did like Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros and stuff during that time. But, um, and those were better animated movies. Yes, for sure. Um, but, but you have to think like they, they kind of made it like a devil's bargain where they were like, we got to put this crappy film out because we got to make some money back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. It's just, it was just disheartening. Because Disney is known for, like, you know, especially at that time, just the quality of animation, right? And it just... I got a question for you guys. Sure. You know how there are some characters in the Disney movies thus far, though there are side characters uh, that are silent, like Dopey, or the um, sidekick to... Honest John in Pinocchio. Uh-huh. In this movie, it performs the same trend, but it's one of the main characters. It's Dumbo himself that did not have a voice. 
Do you what do you feel would have changed about the movie? Would, would it be for the better, for the worse, the same if Dumbo was given a voice? What do you guys think? That's a good question. Yeah. I think I mean, honestly, I I'm I'm not a fan of the silent protagonist. <laughs> it's a big fan of Zelda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it it just it felt like a little empty to be honest, especially after like Snow White and Pinocchio are so personable and have such a great personality. And like, I get it. Sometimes like the silent character has the most personality because you can animate them. Like you look at Dopey, right? He's such an animated character and his silence, like his facial expressions and the way he trips over himself, like that's an endearing personality trait. Right. But like, I think that works a lot better with a side character than it does a main character. You know, yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, I feel like the dynamic between Timothy and Dumbo lost something because Dumbo couldn't talk, right? Dumbo just kind of looked lost the whole movie, which I get it. He's a baby, technically, right? But like, it would have been better if they had a, a chemistry or like a, a per, like a back and forth, you know, it, it just it felt like it was losing something. Yeah, to an agree, to an extent, I agree because. I think in the beginning, the silence kind of worked because Dumbo experienced the trauma of, in a sense, losing his mother. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes just the tears and being unable to speak is actually really powerful. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, you get more towards the end where we're really trying to root for Dumbo and him learning to accept himself and be proud of who he is. I don't know, like, Timothy Q. Mouse was really bearing a lot of weight, doing a lot of work with kind of carrying the narrative. But, but, you know, like, I'm not trying to criticize literally everything about Dumbo. Like, I think (laughs) Dumbo not having a voice is fine. But, you know, it, it it just made me think about that question because this is the first one of the first main characters that does not speak in Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you look at a movie like Wally where the main character hardly has a voice. He barely speaks in the entire I mean he says some things but not much. Yeah, but yeah, like, Wally. I mean he says right. his name but he can emote uh you know uh, he can emote like through his that, right? Yeah, like his, like right. I mean his eyebrows but even through his voice, right? Like he can like the inflection in his voice can tell you exactly what he's saying without having to say it, right? Like it's it's like Pokemon, right? right? You can always tell when a Pokemon's upset or happy or like Wally is just a robot Pokemon. Let's face it. <laughs> right, but that that's the, that's what I was trying to say is like they do such a they did such a good job with Wally with making him express himself in other ways. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's what was missing mm-hmm. from Dumbo. Definitely. And so I feel like to, to answer your question, like I don't necessarily have a problem with the main character not speaking, so long as that character is given, you know, his power through something else and able to express himself another way. Yeah. Now part of me wonders a little bit if this is supposed to be like you know, if you really want to try to be like super like annoyingly intellectual about it or whatever, and if you think like if this is an allegory for a kid finding their voice and Dumbo flying is him finding his voice, then okay, maybe. But it feels like they didn't really dive into that. So I feel like there's a lot missing from the characterization of Dumbo in order to warrant him not having a voice. Yeah. So my answer to your question is, I think it would have been much better if he would have had a voice with what we were mm-hmm. given or 
if they gave him more character and more power to be able to express himself in other ways. Yeah, I think, yeah, when you elaborate more on the Wally thing, like, even if he just had, like, little elephant noises, but then utilize inflection when he right. makes those noises, I think it would have just taken it a little, like, maybe it would have engaged us a bit more and developed a bit more empathy. I mean, like I said, we're all still rooting for Dumbo, but at the same time, there's, right. yeah, I just didn't feel so strong. The one thing the live action movie did do well was that they did exactly what you just said for Dumbo. He made elephant noises and his elephant noise would get more high pitched if he was scared or curious or lower if he was sad or, you know, and so he was able, he, he, Dumbo himself in the live action Dumbo was portrayed really well um, in comparison to the animated one. Oh, before we get into the real, I guess, meat and potatoes, um, I got a couple of fun facts for y'all. I'm sure Mark knows them all because he's, because he's an Mark artistic and knows genius. everything. Doesn't have <laughs> yeah. a life. Yeah. Do you know, um, I, I didn't even realize the circus had a name. The circus name is WDP Circus. Did you know that stands for Walt Disney Productions? So it was a little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And during production, the sidekick was originally going to be a red robin and not a mouse. I wonder oh. what did that change. <laughs> and then last, uh, not is it last? Let's see. Um, no, two more things. Um, Dumbo was going to be on Time Magazine cover, but the events at Pearl Harbor had taken precedent. So even though Dumbo <laughs> was no longer on the cover, Dumbo was still mentioned as Mammal of the Year in an inside feature, which I thought was pretty oh, cool. nice. Yeah. Pearl Harbor probably a little bit more important to cover at Just that time. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know how to read a room. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one I found the most interesting, and I kind of, I, I kind of do want to spend a minute talking about it. There was apparently a strike amongst the animators during production, and some say that Disney kind of poked fun at them in the scene with the clowns when they decided to quote hit the big boss for a raise. And oh. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Disney doesn't uh, shy away from that stuff. But the reason why this made an impression on me is I feel that as much as I love Walt Disney himself and I love the Disney movies, I, I feel like a lot of his artists and animators are almost never happy. I always read these things where they're just so disgruntled and then they draw a penis on the cover of the <laughs> mermaid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Does, does anyone have insight on that? I mean, Disney was a perfectionist, right? And like there were there I mean, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit during Snow White, but like there were times when he would make them redraw whole scenes and it would take months, months because he didn't like the way it was animated. You know, and and that was like the big thing where Walt was the visionary and then uh Roy, his brother, was the financial guy, right? And they 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 work so well together and Roy always kind of like reined him in, you know, and just kind of like, Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta just get it out there, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, Walt was a perfectionist and I mean, you can see it everywhere. And even to this day and stuff that comes out these days, right? Like that's just what Disney has always prided themselves on. And like, yeah, there's going to be the cash cow stuff. Like, you know, things that's going to make them money. And I know that it's a business and they want to make money, but at the time, especially like, you know, if he didn't like something, he would make sure it was correct. 
That's a good point. And, you know, I, you know, if I, I was an artist, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be frustrated if I have to redraw things, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I hear them being upset all the time and I don't know, they draw something in the movies or something um, because they're not happy about it. But I just found it interesting that some people kind of hypothesize that that scene was kind of almost poking fun at the situation, which I found very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Uh, it's it's just like I don't really know how to explain it, really, but like it it just feels like visionaries and people who like have that vision or that uh, artistic makeup, I guess you would say. Like, I mean, everybody thinks you know Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. right? Nobody liked working for Steve Jobs. Bill Gates, nobody liked working for Bill Gates, right? Nobody likes the people in charge, right? It's just like they have a vision. They're going to do whatever it takes to hit that vision. And, you know, a topic for another show and another time is like, you know, the the big thing in video game culture right now is like crunch and everything. Well, like, uh-huh. like no creative person works nine to five and then shuts off their brain, you know? And I, I'm always of the idea of like, I don't well, we can talk about that side of things on a different day, but like Walt Disney just never turned his brain off. You know, he was always working. He was always drawing. He was always working. He was always trying to come up with new ideas. Right. And he would do whatever he needed to, to get it. And that's just how he was. And yeah, people aren't going to like you for that. But at the end of the day, look at, look at all these classics, right? Mm-hmm. An example, right? In the eighties, when Don, Don Bluth left Disney, and almost tanked the company, by the way, because he took all the best animators. Nobody remembers Don Bluth's name unless you're like an animation like right. nerd, right? Mm. Because he took some shortcuts. He didn't tell, per, he didn't perfect his storytelling. Don't get me wrong. All Dogs Go to Heaven, classic movie. Uh, Secrets of Nim, classic movie. Anastasia, classic movie. Nobody knows Don Bluth, right? Right. Everybody knows Walt Disney. Right. So. Good point. And that's because he right. was a perfectionist. And are you guys <laughs> ready to talk about... I don't want to make this all about what Dumbo is, so I shouldn't say the meat, the meat and potatoes, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that in the modern society that, I don't know, we'll just be a part of Dumbo's identity for all of time and it's I wouldn't call it just the crows because I actually was even more uncomfortable when there was a scene where the worker the laborers were pitching the tent in the rain Uh and I immediately noticed they all had dark skin and I'm like this is weird not only did they all have dark skin like they had dark skin and their like facial features were not defined. Like they, yep. like they were animated to look more animalistic and more like, yeah, like it was, it was, a, it was a choice. It was yep. a very distinct choice. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I, I don't even know. Cause that's how uncomfortable it made me. Cause I, uh-huh. I completely forgot about the tent building part. Cause who cares about yeah. that? And then I saw, I'm like, yeah. Gee, not even to give them a face like you said and the 
yeah. all the same color. I'm like, guys, that's right. like you said, that that stuff's intentional. And but, yeah, I mean, there's a scene before that too that kind of stuck out to me too. Was like when they were, it might have been like right before that they were building the tents or whatever, or maybe it was right after. I don't remember, but there was like there were people riding in on camels, and they all looked like stereotypical kind of like Middle Eastern, you know, people with like big kind of stereotypical mustaches and, and like uh, some of them had turbans and some of them had a, I don't know what it's called. Like, like a boo wears in Aladdin, right? What, what is that called? Oh, a fez. Yeah. And they all had like the big pants in the, in the swirly shoes. Right. And that's, I was like, uh-huh. man, that kind of like, the first thing I noticed in this movie in a long line of things. Yeah. So, then... so to me, and I'm, I'm trying to say this carefully, but, but I, I agree with you, Stephanie, the scene of the, the pitching the tent in, in the rain, that scene to me was the, the, I found the most offensive. I, the, the, the crows. What am I trying to say here? I have I take issue with what they named the crows, right? Yep. So like the lead crow's name was Jim Crow and that they were crows, right? And so there was like a like that was a choice. But I I don't think that the portrayal of the crows was uh maybe I'm wrong for thinking this. Obviously I I'm white, so I, maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I don't think the portrayal of the crows was particularly harmful. I think that the the circumstances around the crows, the fact that they were crows, the fact that the lead one was named Jim Crow, I think that that's the harmful thing. What I was surprised with in that scene is that because I remember the controversy with Dumbo being the crows, they were they weren't um, their portrayal. I didn't find to be a necessarily negative portrayal. They were, they were, they were well-spoken. They were intelligent. They were, yeah. they, you know, good singers. They were um, like, they hired musicians, people from bands to come in and sing yeah. for the rest of the they, they were a positive influence on Dumbo. Yes. They, yes. All of those things. And so I think that the crows gets kind of pigeonholed as the like big bad thing for Dumbo. But I think that there are other elements that are kind of sneaky in Dumbo, like what we've just been talking about that I think are more insidious than, than yeah. the crow scene overall. And I, I, and I understand you trying to approach the topic delicately. Um, I mean, you, I, I'm Asian, but I'm still not of black descent. So even right. I will still miss part of the, um, per, per perspective here, but I, I, I jotted down some notes. And so if we go over some of the facts here, you'll see that there are various uh, point of views or, or points of contention here. So the first is, oh, I mentioned the circus laborers. So yes, the lead crow was named Jim Crow. That's pretty, like I said, very intentional. The character name was changed in the 1950s to Dandy Crow, but I feel like the damage is already done. Um, there are claims that the group of crows in the film were African-American stereotypes. Uh, you know, I, that could be kind of, again, depends on the person if they were to think that was taken to an extreme. But, you know, like you said, they were voiced by African-American actors and singers of the Hall Johnson Choir, mm-hmm. which I think is who you were talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I noticed um, in a 19... 19- 
1973 book called the Disney films. So there's a historian that argued that the crows are, they're undeniably black, uh, but they are black characters, not black stereotypes. That's his words, not mine. There is no, uh, I can't pronounce that uh, type of, of that type of dialogue or uncle Tomism in the scene. And if it's offenses to be taken in hearing blacks call each other brother, then the viewer is merely sensitive to accuracy. Take what you will about that statement. But um, in 2017, Whoopi Goldberg actually expressed the desire for the crow characters to be more merchandised by Disney because those crows, quote, sing the song in Dumbo that everybody remembers. Well, I see the elephant fly. Is that? Is that? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I actually think it's an amazing song. I love it's it. It's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, so I, I have a I have a question about you know that one comment. I think that was a really good quote that you just read, but about like they were um, the criticism was that the crows were portrayed as stereotypically black. And my question is, and I, I don't mean this to be an insensitive question, but if you are making a movie. If you're making Aladdin, for example, and Aladdin takes place in the Middle East and you have people wearing stereo, if you have people wearing typically worn Middle Eastern clothes or you have, um, you know, a movie that takes place uh, Moana where you've got um, um, Polynesian culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you've got, um, you know, uh, Frozen where you've got Scandinavian culture. And so they're they're eating things like uh, uh, fish. Right. Or. um um, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling for examples, but my point is, is stereo is if you're having these crows that are portrayed, they're positive characters. They're not, they're not played for to, to be seen as dumb or to be seen as negative characters or evil characters or whatever. But if they're doing things that seen as stereotypically black, is, is, I struggle to see the issue there. I struggle to see the issue. I see the issue in naming it Jim Crow. I see the issue in in the 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 workers who are all uh, dark skinned and they don't really have any facial. I see those issues, but but when you are portraying a character or a character type in a movie, you play into these stereotypes to 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 to. to indicate who this character is and what this character does and so my question is why is that why is that necessarily seen as a negative thing specifically in this sense but maybe more generally overall mm-hmm. and it, when done in a positive light i think that's the key when done in a positive light i i have a hard time seeing why that is a, um, i considered mean, a negative thing i mean you see i mean i I don't really know what to say about the crows really. I it didn't make me uncomfortable watching it the way that, you know, the tent building scene did, right? Mm-hmm. But Disney at least in like the late 90s up through now has done a great job of like I mean, Mulan I think is a great example of playing into the culture of of, you know, the character or even Raya or Encanto or like you said earlier uh, uh Frozen, right? Like they all play into the culture in a great way and not that like Dumbo did because clearly there are issues with some of the things in that movie right but uh, like you said Mark if if you're going to have a quote unquote 
black character, you're going to want to write that as a black character, you know? Right. It's, it's hard to say, right? Because it's the forties and, you know, I'm clearly, I'm clear. I'm not, you know, I'm not even white. I'm clear. Right. It's like that famous line in space jam. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Uh, so like, I, I don't want to say anything out of turn, but they definitely weren't as bothersome as I remember them being or the way that the internet has made them seen, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm sounding repetitive. I've mentioned it quickly uh, before, but this is the only way I can relate is the Aristocats, which we will mm-hmm. get to eventually. And the whole race problem there is the Asian cat, the Siamese cat. So I can actually speak to it as an Asian, so I feel more comfortable. Sure. Sure. Um, I did look it up. It is voiced by what looks like a Caucasian name, Paul Winchell. So, and that, and the cat is portrayed as like Asian, having like I, th- I believe he had an Asian accent. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he did. Um, playing the piano with chopsticks. If anything were to be slightly more offensive, and I wasn't even offended, it would be that because it's an Asian portrayed character, quote unquote, played by a Caucasian, or they at least, I'm not saying that there's absolutely nothing wrong with the crows. I'm just saying like, they're trying to accurately reflect a type of character using like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think and it, not, not to like, speak free or anything but but i think those were two good examples to pull out in aristocats he puts a symbol on his head like the like a like a you know like a i don't know what that kind of hat is called but the triangular hat right mm-hmm. he puts a symbol on his head he's playing with the chopsticks this the 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 um racial things not rape that are used to inform that character are played for jokes and not played for honesty or to, or to further the character more. They're just Mm -hmm. played for a gag. And that to me is offensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, 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 in, with the example of the crows, they're not played in my opinion, they're not played as a gag and they're not played as just to, to poke fun at the character. They're played to inform the character. This is what the character does. This is how the character talks. This is how the character interacts with each other, calling each other brother and things like that. Like that's just, those are character choices and not let's take something that black people right or wrong are known for and use it to make people laugh. It's let's take something that black people are known for and use it to inform who this character is. And to me, that's the difference between a racist interpretation of a character and character building traits to inform who the character is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And another way, like I feel like the cat in Aristocats is more of a, a caricature of an yes. Asian character, whereas yes. the crows are the crows. They are genuinely the crows. Right. Uh, but I mean, the bottom line, at least for me, is at least we're having an open dialogue about it. I mm-hmm, have a hard right. time with people who only see it a particular way, one way or the other, right? Because we all mm-hmm. three of us acknowledge the time it was made. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some things we learned from it. And to be honest, I am glad that Disney made the decision not to pull these movies if they wanted to put the little disclaimer in the beginning, like right. at, so it can be educational. I think that's more important than pulling it. So right, I think right. ultimately Disney made the right decision keeping Dumbo yeah. and other right. movies. On. I mean, they, they did take that... them out of the kids section too, though. I mean, like, I mean, I get, I get it, right? Like I, 
I like that. I'm just I'm just saying like I'm glad we had a discussion about this too because like I don't want I mean this is just across all of our shows, right? Like I I want to make sure that we are able to have the open conversation, right? I don't want to be known as this place where you know, we are extremely against people who think differently than us or don't want to have the conversation. They're so on track, like you said, Stephanie. And like, right. I think, you know, Mark, you did a great job of navigating that path and really having the good dialogue and the good conversation. So I feel like it's so difficult these days because I don't feel like there's space to question things out loud. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something there are so many great things that we're doing right now and so many great ways that we're evolving and becoming better, more conscientious people. But I think the one thing that we've really lost is grace and the grace to give people space to process things out loud. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Obviously I said the things that I said, so I don't think that what I said was wrong, but let's say what I said was wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that it's okay for me in a, in a space like this to say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about these things. Now tell me how I'm wrong. Tell me what I'm thinking is or how it's wrong. But, but we've gotten in such a space where people are so terrified to even say, why are people upset about the crows and Dumbo, for example, mm-hmm. um, that I, I think we've lost some of that, but, but, I, and, and I think that, that just like people think that Dumbo is about a, is a movie about an elephant that can fly when that takes place in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that people throughout the years have said, Oh, there's a racist interpretation as the crows. And that has become the stamp that is on Dumbo. But when you really watch it and engage with it, maybe that's not, what happens maybe there are other areas where it's there are some worse portrayals than than the crows but i think that it's just been branded as this thing Mm -hmm. and so then that's it yeah Yeah. many people will just automatically kind of hop on that train and just be like yep the thing with the crows that's racist like well if you don't really look and examine the movie like said mark there's stuff that's even worse and then also you can dissect and find out like what what part of the crows makes it uncomfortable what part of the like like Mm -hmm. the like did do people really know the whole like jim crow you know what i'm saying so it's important to talk about not just automatically take the stance if everyone thinks this one thing is offensive and that's it fine no you need to understand why it's part of our learning process as human beings Mm-hmm. Learning about the past and being better. I mean, <laughs> I there it is. like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know what the Jim Crow thing is, to be honest. Like, I, I never really like learned, learned about it or was in a situation where I needed to know what it was, you know, like, so Jim Crow laws are a set of laws that, that were, I don't even know what time frame they were in, but they're, they're a set of laws that, 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 um, purposely like like are, are made to put black people down like yeah racial okay. segregation okay yeah, it's a segregation right. Yeah. right but but i but but even terrible laws that were made terrible right um like pitting black like white people against black like that black people were non-human right like t- terrible terrible laws but i think also you have to consider when this movie was made they were laws that were laws that were like in the it, like happening, and so naming something like Jim Crow, foolish, uh-huh. not wise, like all of those things, but it is a product of its time, 
And so I, I do think also a lot of times now we view things from a 2022 perspective, but you've got to put yourself in um, the time where things were made. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. That's okay. My thought on that. Well, thanks for explaining that. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, like sometimes, like that's that's another thing is like sometimes we live in an era where like you can't ask questions because it makes you mm-hmm. look like a bad person almost in certain places, you know. And and sometimes I just don't ask questions, which is another terrible thing to do to e- to not educate yourself on these things. Uh, but, exactly, yeah. it's important. All right. Uh, I know it's a heavy topic, but I'm really glad we talked about it. And, um, you know, it was a good conversation. It was a short movie. Uh, I think our listeners know that it definitely wasn't our favorite movie. But <laughs> I still think, you know, it's part of Disney's legacy. Um, parts of Disney would not be Disney without it. So as we wrap up, I'd like to address our definitive ranking. Currently, Pinocchio's at number one. Snow White is at number two. Where do we see Dumbo fitting? I think everyone can guess where, but it's going to be number three for me. Yeah, it's definitely number three for me as well. It's, yeah, it's it's not good. Like, aside from, like, the race things, this is just not, it's just not a good movie. It's terribly animated. The story is not great. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three for me as well. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for your time. It was another great uh, episode. Thank you for joining us. Um, let's start where uh, where we could find everybody. Uh, Mark, please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me, um, obviously, on Boss Rush, um, writing things about movies and all things entertainment and um, maybe the occasional video game thing if I have time to play a video game. <laughs> um, and then you can also find me um, here on Saren Definition while we do the Disney rewatch, and we're also doing a MCU rewatch, and then on Twitter um, at, at Acceptin Pereira. Awesome. Excellent. Corey, where can fans find you? Uh, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting uh, the Boss Rush podcast every Wednesday night uh, live on twitch.tv slash Boss Rush Network. Uh, you can find me hosting our Xbox podcast, Arsenal X, and doing various other things here on the Boss Rush Network. All the things. Some of the things. All the things. And uh, again, this is Stephanie. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V underscore author. I also co-host Boss Rush podcast Wednesday night. I make appearances as well on After Dark. Uh, Again, thank you so much, everybody, for your time. We'll be back. I think Bambi is next. I already closed out on my my schedule here, but uh, we'll see y'all soon. Stay safe. Be happy, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.